Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Cheers. Cheers. What do you got in that that little rainbow cup this is a coffee with protein creamer and a little bit of kratom in it wow this is beer with with a little bit of beer (laughs) and in protein beer in it beer is good as well yes yes i just woke up though so you know coffee well good morning thanks for being here i appreciate you making the time for anyone out there that is not familiar with my guest i am sitting here today with the one and only trish smith make some noise for the internet So for those of you that are unfamiliar with Trish, she is a fellow vlogger, fellow lover of the music, Pittsburgh music scene, and she does a thing called 4-1 Tunes. So it's super cool. I've known you for a few years now, met you through a 4-1 Tunes interview. I think yeah. you did one for Greywalker, maybe when we were like first starting to play a lot of shows. Did Greywalker and Sykes. Yeah, Probably you- it would have been like Four or five years ago. It started five years ago. Uh-huh. So I've known you for a while. Yeah. There's a clip from both in my most recent video. Nice. It's like a little like three seconds, but you're in there. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you been dealing? Let's just get it out of the way. The pandemic, the end of the world, COVID-19. Oh, my God. So as somebody that I think a large portion of your livelihood probably hangs on the balance of being able to go to shows and see people and things like that. Right. How have you been? Um, I'm doing all right. I miss my friends. I'm glad to be here. I started seeing a couple friends this week, uh, but related to four one tunes. I mean, I think I've been more productive uh, just because I'm not going out to do the interviews and scheduling like once every couple weeks. Like I've been having just people submit things. Um, and then two weeks ago I started doing zoom interviews, which was cool. Cause now I can interview bands that aren't even, in or from Pittsburgh. So it's kind of been expanding more, but it's not the same feel. Um, and it'd be good to have like a mix of the two. Yeah. I think it's maybe kind of interesting. I think there's times when it feels like it can be hard to get people to want to sit down and commit to things. But now that nobody has anything else to do, it's probably a lot easier to wrangle some people right. and be like, yo, <laughs> let's do this thing. You're not doing anything else. I know you aren't motherfucker. Right. But I feel like I have to ask people more lately because I think everyone's so they're not busy right now, but everyone's kind of down and they're not mm. motivated to do anything. Because, like I said, snippets, it's really easy. You just send me a clip. Um, but I've been struggling in the last couple of weeks to get those submissions. Um, it's the easiest promotion you can do. So just send me a clip. But I feel like people are just kind of disconnected right now. Um, and now they'll be coming back. Also, I think. Bands have always been kind of lazy, and this certainly isn't helping anyone, I don't think. Right. So I'm really curious, now that shows are starting to happen again, I saw there was a, like a show that happened this past weekend, and I think it's we're starting to get offers, and things are coming back, our little small shows. I'm curious to see who is actually willing to come out and play and start doing the work again or like who's just kind of gotten comfy being like, eh, you know what? Maybe, maybe all this lugging my gear around the city just ain't for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Were you talking about that punk show that was outside? Or what show are you talking about? There was a show out at Brandy's Basement. Okay. That's uh, out, I think, like, in Irwin area. Okay. Yeah, they, the Cheats soon. played out there. Oh, okay. It wasn't that one. There was another one, I think, in uh, by Rock Room, somewhere over in the Oh, area. weird. I think can you so. pull the microphone just a little bit closer to you? I can. Is that better? That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I have this aggressive noise gate on the microphone because, uh, as Trish saw, when we were... Uh, coming in the one day i should say this is my first podcast that i've recorded in person in over three months Yay! so <laughs> i appreciate you being here yeah. but of course the day that i decide to do this at the house there's literally these people tearing up the street right outside the window over there and uh i have these noise gates on the microphones to try to cut out all of the trucks backing up and things like that so okay. as a result we got to get in here get in there we got to defeat Got to defeat the truck sounds. It's not an exaggeration. They're literally <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't have a, another camera to show you that they're there. But getting back into you, yeah. Trish, this is about you. This is not about construction. Those guys. Yeah. <laughs> what was it that made you want to start going out of your way to do work for other people? Like putting <laughs> press kits together for bands, helping them get these things out there. It takes a certain kind of person to give a shit. And right. I want to know why you give a shit, Trish. Why me? Well, it started uh, when I was in high school. I mean, I lived in a small country town, so I kind of didn't fit in there. Um, and like a half hour away, 45 minutes was a place called The Hangout in Edinburgh, PA. And so I just clung on to music and the people there and... I didn't really think to do this stuff until I moved to Pittsburgh, um, and then I got my first job out of college at a news source, and they hired me a while after to start like a YouTube kind of thing, and they we each had our own like little niches. So I picked music, and that's really what gave me all the resources to do what I was waiting to do. And one morning, I was like doing my makeup, and my friend was in the other room. I was like, four one tunes," and she's like, "What?" And I was like, four one tunes." <laughs> like, 412 music tunes you know and then put it put it whoops put it together um and then so that was my job for a while um but it was fun and i loved it so when that project ended i like st stopped for a little bit and then i came back when i could but i mean it's just the love for the music and people and keeping myself involved and pretty much all my friendships and relationships have been around the pittsburgh music scene and that's i think why i keep doing it i like meeting the people and creating those friendships and being able to help bands grow from, you know, smaller to bigger or, you know, anything I can do. And they're kind of helping in the same way. So, yeah. Prior to doing 4-1 Tunes, what was your experience with like audio and video equipment, if any? Okay. Uh, well, I went to school for film and animation, okay. but I kind of switched over to animation. So I didn't know as much about the cameras as I would have liked to, but I did still take all the advanced editing classes because I knew editing was kind of what I wanted to do in special effects, but they focus more on animation. But so I had like classes, but I didn't have hands-on experience. Really. Mm. Yeah. I think the experience is a whole nother ballpark versus like, Oh, I know what to do, but I don't know how to do it when I have literally three and a half minutes to set this up and get to talk to somebody for right. hopefully five minutes before they play or what, anything like that. Right. And it's like very, Hit or miss. Like you miss one little like detail and then it like throws your whole video off. Uh -huh. um, but I do record out live 
audio and the video just in case something, you know. Um, but I'm not the best with the camera. I'm really not. I said I'm on a tripod because I'm scared to try new things. So <laughs> most of my stuff is one shot and then one shot. Um, so I'm trying to advance more in that. But and think until I have a second camera, I'm like always nervous. So I have to have like, you know, the steady cam. No, that makes a ton of sense. You know, I mean, with the way that I'm experimenting now with the setup, again, you are a bit of a guinea pig right now because I am moving into this multi-cam setup and hopefully I will have a studio space that can facilitate this a little bit better. But uh, yeah, just like getting all of this stuff set up, hoping that it works. I'm not the best with the camera stuff either. So I'm all like, what the fuck is aperture? What are my folk? What is all that? I don't know. Right. I don't. I mean, I, I, I like... I understand if like I push the button, it looks different, but right. I need this need to get it to look different to a point that I think it looks good. Right. And, you know, with all of that being said, I'm curious about, you know, diving into the world of audio video stuff and filming these things and uh, putting together videos because you're editing all this stuff. Has it given you like a newfound appreciation for maybe music videos or movies or TV or anything like that? Uh, yeah, it does. It also makes me more of a critic when I see something <laughs> weird. Um, audio, I'm always impressed because I'm really not good at audio. And I don't know if that's something I I should learn a bit more, but I really like the editing. But yeah, I notice th- different things than other people do in videos. So like someone will be watching and being like, this is a real cool story. And I'll be like, did you see that edit? Or like... Why'd they do that? That's weird. Um, even like when I'm up at home at my parents and watching like the news from there <laughs> and like I work I work at a news station here and I'm always like, What are they doing? I'm like, Why can't they do that? This is wrong, this is wrong. But you know, it's so I'm more of a critic, but I do appreciate things um and find things that I'm like, Hey, I wanna learn that. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think that's super cool. Have you uh, you know, on the other side of this You've talked with a lot of bands in all different genres of music across the city. And I'm curious, you know, what your taste in music was like prior to doing this. Uh, I don't want to assume, but I feel like, I mean, I I know you too well now, so I can assume what you're listening to. The question I want to ask, though, is that did doing this introduce you to any bands that you wouldn't expect to like or styles of music or pockets of the music scene that you weren't familiar with at all? Um, I'm kind of always been like a wide range. Um, like when I mentioned in high school, I was like really obsessed with our local scene. I didn't really listen to much more than the local music in Erie. I mean, a few bands like Hawthorne Heights and Blink-182, you know, those bands. And those I've heard of hardcore, them. <laughs> hardcore bands. <laughs> I mean, it was like a wide range, but I was more focused on that. Um, and then I kind of got into like the mainstream music and then this focused again. Um, but I mean, it's just, it's always been a wide range. Like I'll listen to one thing one day and the next. So I'm not sure that interviewing anyone brought me on to like a new genre, but it definitely brought me into new bands. Cause once I meet someone, like I have that connection, then I'll listen to them. So it's more of that than just people sending me things, like having that connection in person and listening and being like, I know these guys. Yeah. Like kind of that motivates me a little bit more um but yeah it's always been a very wide range of music and also as a result of talking with the amount of bands that i'm sure you've worked with now over the past five years Mm -hmm. uh have you started to pick up on the traits of what makes 
a band like cool and maybe a band not so cool not to throw anything <laughs> negative out there right but um, I mean, some people are hard to work with some people are hard to work with um bands that you go into the interview and they know what you're doing they know you're doing a video rather than a radio show or like they have to put in a bit of their own research to know what i'm coming in to do otherwise it kind of just throws it off and it's good when people can joke around a bit but when they make a joke of the whole the whole situation and they're just like stoned or something and they can't give you like a serious answer when you're trying to you know help them i think that's the most frustrating kind of thing but most of the time you go in the bands are ready they i don't give my questions ahead of time but they're always like pretty much the same questions um so it makes them think a little bit on the spot um do you ever have people that like ask you for the questions in advance uh, I think only once, so I gave them a couple, but like I, I'd rather, I mean, I like to be prepared yeah. when I'm being interviewed, but also then you overthink it and it, I have a lot of anxiety. My head's just always going. So sure. if you give me the question ahead, I'm going to think about it so much that when you ask me, I'm not going to give you the full answer because I've already said it so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I feel like a lot of bands and people in the music scene kind of have that. So I'd. It's like a hit or miss. Some bands you need to give it, but a lot of time it's better like on the spot. Yeah, I I know. I it's there are people that'll ask me in advance for questions and I never prep anything. <laughs> yeah. Not a, a goddamn thing unless it's like a total stranger if it's somebody who I don't really know at all, but I want to leave an okay impression, I'll do some research. Right. If it's somebody I don't know, and I don't give a shit about them. No offense to anyone that's been on this show. It's just like, I don't, you know, it. I guess I'm, I'm going to go off into some tangent here, yeah. but I don't feel like I need to impress anyone. But every once in a while, we'll put it this way. If you were ever on my show and it was obvious I did some research, I obviously look up to you in some sort of a way. Yeah. But if I don't look up to you, I still respect you as a person. It's just there's only so much time for so much. Right. Yeah. So uh, but it always is. I find that the people that tend to ask for questions in advance tend to be like some of my least favorite interviews because I'm more interested in just having a conversation with you. Right. And the cameras, the people that are watching, it's a fly on the wall thing. You know, this isn't some like, I don't want to have this whole pre-planned sort of thing. Like this is the tonight show or some Right. actual i'm not a, i'm not a, this isn't a professional thing you know right. we're doing it for fun we're here to like chit chat mm-hmm. we want you guys to enjoy it but like also we need to have fun doing it yeah and i think <laughs> that the only it's you know if i was just going to ask somebody generic questions then anybody could have done that i find that hopefully what makes my show my show is that i do it my way and what makes four one tunes four one tunes is that you know you do it your way and i think that that's really important for all of those shows to be unique because otherwise if everything's the same and if everybody's asking the same questions and talking about the same things why does it exist right what's the point (laughs) well especially because there's like so many of us kind of doing this now because like before um you know when i started there was a couple people and also after we start and you're doing a podcast, I'm doing video. You meet more people doing that, but it didn't seem like there was as many five years ago. And now like there's tons of podcasts and, you know, YouTube shows. Yeah. So it's good that we all have like our own unique thing rather than, I don't feel like anyone's competition. I feel like we all work together and we get to be on each other's shows and stuff, 
but we're still unique enough that, you know, that we have different audiences, even though it's the same audience. Yeah, I don't feel like any of us are on a platform high enough to even consider it a competition. You know, there's right. no Coke or Pepsi here. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're all like, uh, we're all just colas. We're all right. just, <laughs> we're all uh, Mountain Thunder or whatever Mountain the Thunder. Aldi Aldi brand sodas <laughs> are. That's that's pretty much what we are. So there's no there's no reason to be getting at each other because I think that you know I'm very aware that not everybody is going to give a shit about what I do. And it's the same thing for you. It's right. like can't relate with everyone. I don't want to relate with everybody. You yeah. know, it's okay for people not to like me because there are people that I don't like. <laughs> True. <laughs> and uh, I have to be very aware of that. Yeah. So with everything that you're doing now moving forward, you've been doing this for five years. Mm-hmm. So that's a long time. Very long. And I think that there's something to be said about, you know, sticking with a project for a certain amount of time because there's no reason to really do this other than I think it being a passion project for you. Right. Yeah. You know, so I'm curious to talk like to talk about maybe some of the have you ever had a like fuck this, I don't want to do this anymore moment? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I take little breaks too. Um my my stuff is usually really consistent and then in the winter, you know, I take a break because that's kind of the time where we're all feeling weird. And I think part of it is I do let myself take breaks. They're never long. Um but if I'm feeling some kind of way or if I'm just feeling lazy, I just take time off. I keep making little posts being like, I'll be back to, you know, keep the viewers informed. But I think making it less of like, I have to do this. I have to do it. It makes it easier for me to stick with it for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried to make one video a week now, but I mean, the last two weeks have been crazy with work and I, I finally got to see my family. So I didn't have a video for those two weeks, but I was also working on one that took me three weeks to edit. So it's kind of like, it's fun. I'm hopefully building a portfolio to maybe help me get like a full-time job, but yeah, it's mostly fun and yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that it's super, super important to keep it fun because if it's not fun, what's the point of doing it? Like, even if it's something that, even if it's a job, even if you're making money from it, it's like, if it's not fun, why? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like it's kind of a pain in the ass to do this kind of stuff. So it needs to be fun. Right. And I, I mean, know. editing's super fun for me. I love it. But I take, <laughs> if anyone watches any of my videos or goes to watch them, you can just see the layers and layers that I put in. But it's so much fun. And everyone's like, why are you taking so long? I was like, because this is what I love to do. I love sitting in front of the computer. I love the little details that someone might not notice because they're there. You don't notice. But if they're not there, you'd be like, oh, like that, that black space is a little weird. But I, you know, put something there. And so that's like my little touch but that was what make it makes it fun filming is stressful hands down that's so stressful to sure me. but like the after fact and when the final product's there that's always makes it fun for me had to take a quick break there because i had to fix trisha's camera but apparently it is working now again i am new to all this stuff so i appreciate y'all for being patient and trish i appreciate you for being patient. It's hard to do all this stuff on your own. It is. You yeah. know, you're run, I'm running audio, I'm running three cameras, two microphones, I'm trying to and a beer. This is a <laughs> lot of responsibilities. It is a lot, yeah. I wish I had some team members. Yeah. Well, uh I just 
got two team members, um, Barbara and Ben. Um, I made a whole video about it. It's my most my newest video. Um, so they're going to come on and help. They they both have their own music blogs as well. So we're kind of just teaming up to do all those things um, and working more on cross posting than them actually making videos for Four One Tunes. But we'll, we'll probably get into that too. Um, but they just have different experience. One's a journalist. Well, they both kind of are. And then Ben does videos as well. Um, so we're just, we don't really know what it's <laughs> we're going to do quite yet besides Zoom stuff since we haven't got to meet in person. And one of them's actually in Cleveland. Um, but it's going to be super helpful once we get to shows again. I can have two cameras then doing my study, sending someone else out. And then when I'm sitting in front doing my interviews, I won't have to worry about the camera settings like changing or shutting off or the audio not working because I can't monitor it. Yeah. It's like it's really great um, to be able to bring on team members and I, hopefully we can expand a little bit more in the future. <laughs> I think that that is super duper awesome. I, and like the, even it's, it's no different than anything else creative. I think creativity thrives in collaboration and you should never underestimate the power of collaboration. So if you can find like-minded people that are easy to get along with and have the skills to pay the bills, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like I said earlier, I do take breaks, so it'll be good to have some team members that can create content in my time where I'm not being as productive or they'll help me be more productive in that way of accountability. Um, but still able to take breaks when I want to. You mm-hmm. can like be like, hey, here's this video if you want to do it. But um, like I said, it's kind of interweaving our channels together. So I, I'm not being like selfish and being like, you guys are going to help me do my stuff. I want to help them build their channels up as well. No, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. I've had, it'll be cool too, just because it'll, you know, diversify what four one tunes is. But I also, you know, for, when I think of four one tunes, I do think of you, you know, I think yeah. of Trish. <laughs> right. So it, it, I don't, I hope that doesn't go away because right. we all love you. Ah, thanks. So no, I think I'm, I, We've talked about it, and it's kind of going to be that way. That's, again, why we're doing like the cross-posting. So it'll be like, Ben is Mr. Bones. Mr. Bones, I don't know how we'll do the beginning, but like I had both of our logos like you know in it. So it's a collaboration video. It's not like Ben is 4-1 Tunes or Barbara is 4-1 Tunes. It's like the Witherow Diaries on 4-1 Tunes or Mr. Bones on 4-1 Tunes. So it'll still keep like our faces with our own brands, but tangling them up together uh-huh <laughs> if you had to i mean give any sort of piece of advice to anyone mm-hmm. you know from your perspective that maybe wants to get into vlogging or doing anything similar to what we do it could be music related or not okay is there anything that you would suggest people do or not do Has anything come to mind immediately yeah do it <laughs> that's pretty much like my one thing do it no matter what you have recorded on your phone if you look at my old old videos it's on my phone it's i always held it horizontally but you know it was a bad quality so i made like animated backgrounds behind it to just get started and i started really awkwardly and i was just talking and i'm like i feel like positive in life and i want to do something and i just made recaps and vlogs of my life and i find right now my biggest regret is not doing that sooner um but also we didn't have resources because 
I'm kind of old, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but like when I was a you know a teenager, we didn't have the resources of a camera, and YouTube was around, but it was be- really before there was many channels that were doing much. So I always knew I wanted to do something like this, but I didn't even know till I graduated from my first college that I could go to school for film. Like I went for graphic design and then someone said, I was like, you can go to school for that. So like, just do it. Even if you don't think you have the resources, it's a lot easier now. Um, but just do it. Find pe- other people who do it, ask them and go for it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I agree 100%. You know, I think that, you know, this is episode probably 330 ish at this point. Right. I don't know exactly what number this is going to be, <laughs> but I've done a lot of these and I've had a lot of different setups starting from like, you know, a second bedroom in an apartment with one microphone right. to, you know, I had a whole, I had the whole studio and now I don't have that anymore. And I'm back to a second bedroom for now. Right. And this episode is going to be a choppy mess probably with the cameras, but You're just doing, doing it. it. Just do, uh, still doing it. I know what I want to do moving forward, and the only way I'm going to be able to do it is just you know you got to yeah. stumble to walk or crawl, whatever the fucking saying is. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's tons of struggles and stuff, and but you just have to start, and you're not going to start out and like have tons of followers. Like, I still don't even have that many followers, but it's I don't really make it for that reason. I make it because I love doing it, like we talked about. So if you're focused on not making it or like not having all these followers, it's more fun and reasonable. And then after you get at it, then sure that could be a goal, but that's not, you're not going to be successful if you are planning on that being your success. I mean, I think it's possible. I don't think it's impossible. My whole thing has always been that if I am going to be very popular you know, I want to be popular for being me. I don't right. want to become popular off of, uh, so, like off of wearing a mask. That now I'm gonna have to wear that mask to maintain my popularity, and I can never be myself. That yeah. sounds like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I would rather just be the weirdo little piece of shit that I am, and whoever likes it likes it. And exactly. then you know, if I have to. Just, you know, if if I only have the fans that I have, that's it. At least the people that I know that are here like me for who I am. God damn it. (laughs) And, you know, it's not that they're not here because of some stupid, shallow reason. Right. Yeah, it's good because then it feels better to have those people than mass of people. Like, it'd be great to have more. But I think if that's the goal, then you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. Like just start, and even if you you're when you start, you're going to be different than as you continue. Like I've grown. Like I started out my name. I mean, I've had name changes throughout. I started out with like Warped Trish. That was like my oh. MySpace name. I was uh, obsessed with like Warped Tour from the beginning. But when I started, you yeah, no you way, know, whatever, <laughs> no way. Yeah, you know. And then I didn't like that when I started my YouTube. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is like old, like this is old Trish. You know, I don't even go to Warp Tour at that point. Um, I was like, it has to change because there was no cool T's. You know, everyone had the T, the names with the last names, like MySpace names. That it would be like a T T thing. Okay, there, there was no good ones. Like the only word is terror, and someone already used that. Um, so when I restarted, I started as just Trish, just Trish Smith, because I was like trying to be more professional 
to like get the other job that I was talking about that started this all. So I felt like I had to be that. And then I didn't like that. It was boring. It's just my name. Like I don't need just my name. People know my name. And then someone else was like, Pat Trish crazy. And I was like, that's cool, but it doesn't sound, <laughs> it doesn't sound so professional when that was what I was trying to, but then I, you know, that didn't matter. It was fun. So I go by Bat Trish, but all my handles are still Bat Trish crazy. So like I've had an evolution of names and who knows, I might change it again, but probably not. I like Bat Trish. <laughs> Change your name, change your hair color. I do. Fuck it. Every year. I used, to change, I used to change my hair all the time, and now it's like a yearly thing. So last year was green and purple. Now it's red, and like everything, my logos, my website, everything's red. I just like brand myself a color now. Master brander. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's fun. And then you have to change the website, which is also another part. I build my whole website. I use like a builder, but I make everything and do it all on my own. So that's a lot, too. Um, but I love it. It just keeps me busy. I sit down in front of the computer and it might make people frustrated because I just sit there for hours and be like tweaking little tiny things and writing my blogs. But it keeps me busy, especially in this time that we're talking about. It's like, you know, you got to do that or it's a lot easier if you bring on people. But if you know how to do it, that's great. You have to kind of just learn everything as you're going, which is also like a recommendation like. Don't be afraid to ask for help, but also be willing to like learn stuff to grow yourself. Mm-hmm. With everything that you're doing, you do a lot. And I think that it's really easy for people like us to beat ourselves up, get inside our heads. You know, I asked like, you know, like, you know, talking about uh, quitting or giving up and you're like all the time. <laughs> uh, but I think like the balance to that, there needs to be a certain level of ego I think Mm -hmm. in us that maybe we don't care to admit that we have, but we kind of need to have it. I think to keep us going, not ego and like a, I'm better than everyone, but ego and like a, I fuck with myself. And I think what I'm doing is good. Yeah. You know, prior to doing any of this stuff, what was your personal relationship with ego? Well, I feel like I was always self-conscious and stuff, but I came off, People used to tell me in high school that I was like really conceited and stuff, but really I like wasn't, but it was kind of a persona. Like I was like kind of the funny person. I would like make fun of myself or like just act like I'm a rock star and like you're going to deal with it. (laughs) It it depends, but I'm like, I used to be like, I'm not going to stand in line. I'm not going to use a public restroom at this place. Like, but it was all, it was all jokes, but like I sounded like a real jerk, but then it was like, it was comedic to the people who were with me who knew I was joking, but like other people around were like, even before I would have people be like, well, what, who are you? And I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm just, I do this. So like it, I kind of have it, but it's mostly a joke. I'm just Trish Smith. I'm just Trish. (laughs) But it was more of a joke, but if you joke about it, it kind of gives you that boost too. So like, if you see me acting that way anywhere, I don't really do it anymore, but that kind of like helped me to just like dive into this. Cause I really am, not the most positive person about myself, but if you, you fake it to make it and it kind of, you know, it continues. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. I think that before me starting up my podcast, I had been doing this for probably like, I mean, I'd been doing music for a really long time prior to this, but I like just sucked at talking to people. I was really bad at making friends and really bad at like maintaining relationships. And 
I don't know what it was. I just think that I just sucked at talking to people. I, I think like, like I always have this thing in my head that I'm bothering somebody. Oh, me too. All the time. So like, <laughs> I never want to just like walk up to somebody and talk to them or like if I'm at a show and like I'm watching our merch and there's somebody from another band watching our merch. I always like in my head, it's like, introduce yourself, say hi, mm-hmm. ask them where they ate today. Be kind. Right. But I'm like, also I'm like, I don't want to be talked to. <laughs> so, I struggle with those same things. <laughs> so it's like that person probably doesn't want to be talked to. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm such a, be my friend. Right. It's so weird. What the fuck? It's like a weird line. And I feel like probably a lot of us in the music scene are that way. Um, it, it's a hit or miss sometimes. Sometimes I'm really like, I'm going to talk to everyone. I also, if I go to a show alone, I'm more likely to talk to people because I don't, really like being alone at shows Mm. but if i take like my boyfriend or my friend then i just focus on hanging out with them but barbara who i mentioned is my team member i met her 10 years ago like last month at a show her and her friend were just sitting outside by themselves and i was like wandering around by myself actually a lot whoops i keep hitting that that's okay (laughs) it's it's another thing that i have to work on yeah well i don't shouldn't talk with my hands so much but i lost uh my 20 bucks that my mom gave me because I was, it was 10 years ago. So my mom gave me 20 bucks to go show and I lost it from her dropping me off to me walking up to the door. So I don't know. So I was bored and I talked talk to these two girls and one became my best friend and you know, it's grown like a lifetime of friendship, but other times I kind of miss those opportunities, even with bands themselves. I remember I mentioned Hawthorne Heights. I got all these tattoos for them, whatever, if you can see it anyways. So I saw them like it was 12 years ago, multiple times and I was like, I can't go talk to them. Like, I don't want to just be the fangirl who goes up and is like, oh, my God, I love your music. So I didn't go up and talk to them at all. And the, the show was long. Like, it was an eight-hour show, and they're sitting by themselves. So come, like, a few, like, maybe five years ago when this all kind of started, I just went up and talked to them and said, you know, I had more of an opinion on music and stuff. And, like, now they recognize me, and they come up and say hi to me. So it's kind of like that same thing. I didn't want to bother them, especially with some silly stuff they hear all the time. Um, but then I could have just went up to him cause they're super friendly. So it's just like all, you know, totally. <laughs> so with the show that you do and you're talking to musicians, you've done plenty of stuff with local musicians and you've also talked to some not local people. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if you've noticed the same thing that I've noticed when talking with people that aren't on a local level, mm-hmm. do you just feel worthless? <laughs> Like that's putting it in like a really aggressive way. But what I mean is like anytime I talk to somebody that's like in a band that's on tour, it's like it's they're happy they're sitting down and they're talking, but it's like really hard to lock in with them, even if I feel like I'm asking unique questions because I feel like they're not in the moment. That makes sense. I mean, I really I don't think I've interviewed enough to say that in a lot of okay. even the bands that I did interview that weren't local, they were still smaller bands. I got you. Um, there was like one that was actually bigger. One of the kids, I mean, he's my age. He it's not a kid. He was on that show, big time rush on like Nickelodeon. Okay. So he has a band that was actually together before that. And I interviewed them. So that was probably like the most no, like they're not huge, but they're bigger than, you know, local and they're totally cool. Like, so I guess I haven't really had that experience, but again, I haven't. And the biggest band was like Anti-Flag and Punchline, and they're local. So it's kind yeah. of, I haven't interviewed those people to feel that way, but I 
could probably see because I used to like hang out with bands like that, and I would you know there's a disconnect, especially because they have that ego because they know they're you know we know we're good and whatever we're selling out. So like I could see that, but I kind of steer away from those because I'm focusing on those smaller bands. Yeah, that's something that I've every single opportunity that I've had to talk with like touring bands have been like thrown at me. Like people that know people that kind of like talk me into doing them. You know what I mean? It's like, I've done some cool ones. Like I did Spencer from Ice Nine Kills. I did Dan, who was the old vocalist from Real Friends. I've done Full of Hell. These are all really cool bands. Right. And they were all fine interviews. But like at the same time, I felt like maybe it's just me being in my own head about this. You know, I just felt like it was very hard for me to connect or talk with them because I felt like, you know, when I'm talking with you or I'm talking with another local band, it feels like very peer to peer. Like I automatically connect with you because we are dealing with the same things. Right. But like bands on that level are dealing with, they, they're just operating on a different thing. They have right. different avenues of success and different levels of struggle. But at the yeah. same time, they're still fucking human. I don't know yeah. why I'm like looking past the fact that like, I'm still just talking to a human being. Right. Maybe I just need to do it more. I don't know. I'll, I mean, I would feel weird in those situations that I was. Um, yeah, it's like hard. And I think they, at that level, they're doing so many interviews and they don't get to look up who you are before they're going into it. They're like manager or something's like, you have these five interviews, do them, you know, and then they're just like kind of gets mixed together i think in that situation but i'm not sure but you know i think that could be part of it because they don't get to know who you are before you talk to them a little bit sure so i guess it's kind of hard and then they just meet so many people that to like always make a connection with each person would be a struggle for them yeah that makes a lot of sense and on the back end of this the other thing that i found from doing this so like that anytime that i've talked with bands that are like national level bands is like the episodes don't do any better or worse than a normal episode. Right. In terms of like the attention that it brings, because it's like a lot of the time, you know, I'm talking with Pittsburgh focused people about Pittsburgh things. Right. So not everybody in Pittsburgh listens to fucking ice nine kills. Right. You know, so a lot of people that uh, listen to my show regularly, I could be, for all they know, Ice Nine Kills was from Monroeville. They don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. Like they don't, they don't fucking know the difference. Right. But you know, on the flip, people that may be fans of that band are like, "Well, who the fuck is that? Right. It's just some guy from Pittsburgh." You know, what do I care? Right. So yeah, it's kind of like the audience kind of thing. Um, I did. This was a weird interview. I kind of forgot about because it was just there was some dude named Bobby Rock. He was on one of MTV shows or something. I don't know. I interviewed him at the smaller Black Forge, Black Forge One. Okay. And I just went in. He didn't know what he was talking about and was just like, <laughs> he didn't care, but like his manager or whatever was the one who asked me to do it. Okay. And it was just like, so I got that vibe, but like he was just like one of those dudes off of like a TV show and he didn't even have a band. Like he had like a drum thing and like his band, like it seemed like his band left and he just had like pieces and it was just like. But he still had that attitude and it was just like really weird. It was weird. So I'm actually because of situations like that, I'm a little bit more selective and look 
more into bands, especially if they come to me. Yeah. Do you get a lot of people that like maybe send you emails or try to reach out to you to come like have you cover them? Not most, not recently. Okay. I mean, I feel like when the show was like on, you know, a different platform, well, it was on the same platforms, but ran by someone else. Um, and it kind of got pushed way farther than it does right now because there was like ads and like, you know, it was kind of just all over. I got a lot more and now I'm like kind of hoping people reach out. Right now it's just like the same bands, my friends. And I don't, I'll reach out once in a while, but I prefer the bands to come to me. Really? Um, yeah, it's it's more of a variety than me picking and choosing that way. And I don't want it to be like exclude anyone. Like if yeah. you want to be part of it, just ask and we'll make it work. I, I, I 100% agree with you, but I've like struggled so much because I want to, I have a platform here where I can talk with whoever I want and I'm happy to talk with anybody. I don't care if it's, you know, somebody on a national level or if it's somebody that has just gotten started and like they just made their SoundCloud account or what. It doesn't matter to me if you want to talk. I'm down to talk with you, but also kind of going back to like, you know, we don't do this for uh, followers or anything like that. I still want people to watch it because mm-hmm. I am putting time and energy into it. Mm-hmm. And I tend to find that for whatever reason, the episodes that I do that do the best are the ones when I reach out to people and I'm talking with people that I really want to talk to versus people that I don't know coming on but we also have two completely different formats you know what i mean this is more of like a we're gonna sit down for an hour or longer and i'm really gonna get to know you and not a lot of people are like equipped to do that and sometimes establishing artists that are newer they don't have an hour-long story to tell right yeah so i totally get it but i'm like caught in the middle between like always wanting to give people an opportunity but also like I only have so much time right? because when I had the studio, I was doing three episodes a week mm-hmm. and it was, it was a lot easier to be like, okay, well I can have, you know, one, it was always like, you know, one person that's been nagging me to come on forever. I'll, I'll get them on right. one person. I don't know. And then one that I really want to talk to. So it was a balance. Right. But now with all of the end of the world shit going on <laughs> and not being able to record three episodes a week now, I'm probably going to be going back to doing weekly and I'm for the foreseeable future recording out of my house. It's like, well, I don't want people I don't know yeah. in my house. Especially especially now. So. And and <laughs> if I'm uh, you know, only able to do one episode a week, I want it to be like really I wonder if people can hear this fucking jet plane passing by. I don't know. But um, <laughs> yeah, if I'm only able to do one episode a week, I really want it to be like worthwhile. Right. Yeah. I get that. I think at some what point. What I'm saying is I think yeah. you're worthwhile, Trish. Oh, I just want you to you. know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think in the future I'll be more selective, but I also don't really have a lot of time to be selective. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but I've also worked with, a lot of the people that I would already want to do. So right now it's kind of just whatever goes. And then maybe like I, I mentioned I'm looking into like, you know, studio space and stuff. Um, we're looking to buy a house. So I want to have that. And then I think then I'll be more selective because I can make more time for it to be like a setup to have people come in um, rather than just scheduling around what show is happening. Cause that's how it, I only go to a show and set up. Yeah. And then actually, 
actually more recently I've like, okay, I'm going to go to the show and shoot. But for interviews, I think it needs to not be before or after the show. Cause it just kind of, that's when things go wrong. The audio's off or something, or like the bands aren't taking it seriously. Cause they want to go drink. They want to, you know, yeah. or they, we have to go play right now. And I think that those are steps to take and then be a little bit more selective, but I'm still kind of growing and relearning since there was like kind of a break and making it like I'm trying to like kind of flip flop. I'm staying true to it, but like trying to put it more into like a like a business kind of structure, but it's not a business. Um, So just like kind of taking those steps and then someday I'll like be way more selective. But also my videos are like try to be under 10 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, my end goal is I want to get. Uh, a proper studio space for this where I can also have bands set up and play. Yes. That's something I would like to. Um, (laughs) And it's totally doable. I think that the only thing that's really stopping me right now is just all of the, the pandemic stuff. And like, I don't know where we are so far right now we're what in the green phase i think so I'm not uh, you know <laughs> but I, I think the color is so funny because like green means go but we're not quite at go we're still at it. caution like or it should like be orange yeah I, it, the, well i don't know what's but brown would be between <laughs> the brown phase between yellow <laughs> and green <laughs> yeah totally uh that's so fucking funny so with everything you know and I just totally blanked on brown phase. It totally. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, God. Color theory. Yeah. With. Oh, but what I was saying is that with everything that is happening, it's just I don't feel like financially comfortable putting money into something that I can't use mm-hmm. right now. And I don't think I would be able to just use the space right away because like. I need to, it needs to be a more steady, things right. need to be more steady. I need to know that I can be able to get people to come once a week that I can count on. Right. That that would be the same thing. I mean, we're not, I'm not jumping into it anytime soon because buying a house is a whole process and we're just starting to look, but that is one thing I'm looking to have, uh, like basement space or garage space. So the bands can come and play and it doesn't always have to be at a show, but also we can have our friends over so it's more of like a comfort cool thing to have but also to have like that space to create and yeah even in the end take on projects that could be part of a job Mm -hmm. so it's kind of just like you have to wait till all the pieces are right but you know the things you want but it's just like right now in the world is not time for that it's good great time to think and plan but it's not like a set in motion right now kind of thing absolutely so trish you're talking about buying a house are you staying in pittsburgh yeah definitely (sighs) (sighs) yeah i don't think we'll ever move out of pittsburgh okay i mean my boyfriend has an eight-year-old so i don't think i mean it's not i'd like to travel but this is home like i mean I can't take four one tune somewhere else. It wouldn't work. I'd have to like make. I'd have to make up a whole new creative name, and I'm just like. No, you just need an area code that ends in two. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but no, I mean, Pittsburgh's cool. My friends are here. I mean, I've built my life here. I don't think I want to redo that. Like it just. And this is close to my family. They're three hours away. Any farther, like I'd go nuts. Like my dogs there. My nieces there. 
Never outside Pittsburgh, no. So <laughs> getting into just like the background of Trish, are you a Pittsburgh child? I'm not from Pittsburgh, no. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Where did you come from? Um, I'm from a place called Cory, Pennsylvania. Mm. Um, no one's heard of it. Some people have, but not really. And so you go up 79. It's really easy to get to. You go up 79, you get off in Edinburgh. It's about a half an hour into the middle of the state. So it's like super country town. There's a field in front of my house. There's a field behind my house. It's just... Is your family still up that way? Yes, all of my family is still there. No one no one lives down here. They don't really visit a lot. How do they feel about your uh, your crazy city life? Uh, they've kind of gotten used to it, you know? They know I'm not, like, that crazy, but <laughs> they knew, like, I didn't fit in there. And I always, like, said I was going to move to L.A. And then I, like, switched to, like, wanting to be in Cleveland because that's, like, where AP Magazine was. And, like, a lot of music was happening in Cleveland when I was younger. But then I decided to go to film school here and just found the right people and like this was the way better option and i still like like it so i came from the country i go to visit i'm not really close with anyone there i just never really was because i knew it wasn't like the place for me yeah but i love going back like i i during the pandemic i didn't get to see my family for two and a half months and that was like the longest i had ever gone without seeing any of them especially my dog you can talk to everyone else on the phone but yeah (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm from there. I I think that's that's a lot of fun. I think that Pittsburgh's a really good city for like small town people because it's it's a small town city. We're not it's not super big. There isn't a whole lot of fanciness going on here. Right. And I can drive here. Like in other cities you can't. I didn't have my car for the first like 6 months I was here and I lived in a dorm and I was like I can't do this. I need I need my car. I need you know, space, like not as much as I would have in the city, but downtown life isn't for me living like out a bit. Even when we're looking for houses, we want something with like a yard. It's sure. Country living near the city rather than just like away from everyone. So it's like a good city to do that in. I don't have to worry about ta- having to take a bus or an Uber everywhere. Like I'm still in control of what I can do, which I think is a good city like for Pittsburgh to be. So when you were younger and going to local shows, like, was it a pain in the ass for you to even get to the local shows? Were they like relative, were local shows for you local or did you still have to drive like a half hour to get to some of them? I still had to drive a half hour to get to like all of them. (laughs) They had a couple in my hometown, like in the basement of the Salvation Army, which was like awkward and weird. Uh, And I did have a few in my backyard, but like they weren't, they were like for parties rather than like a show show. Yeah. Also, I paid bands way too much because I was clueless then. I thought bands got paid, and like this band from my house, I was like, "You guys want two hundred bucks to play this party?" Don't ask. I wasn't rich. I was just like, I didn't want the band to not. Be. Now I'm like, bands don't get paid. It was nice of me to do then, but like it was just like, I was like, why didn't you guys tell me? Like I could have just paid you like hundred or like fifty, or you could have just, you know, it was just I felt kind of like those bands like took advantage of me because I didn't know, but like I had that love for music, but also like it's, it's whatever now. But yeah. yeah, it was not, there was not local, local shows. I think that, you know, you live and you learn yeah. and it's, it's all good. I think that you can chalk it up as charity because sometimes bands need that boost. Yeah. Something as simple as a good, a good, a good payday can let them know that this is possible and they can keep 
pushing. Right. And I, I, I love supporting some of them, but there was a couple that I was like, I see you. Then they like broke up the next day. And I'm like, come on. I just wanted you guys to go to the studio. But, <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. I mean, I was happy. I had cool parties. People didn't think I was cool. But in those moments, people thought I was cool. <laughs> Were there any bands from that time frame that you knew that are still playing or that did anything cool or even just maybe still playing? Uh, a lot of them are still doing things, but they're not like in the bands that they were in. Mm, the people. Um, so there's a guy named Tyler James. He's in a, his own like musician has, it's called nice ghost right now. He's out in LA. Um, I'd say out of everyone he's doing the most. And he's also traveled and been in like bigger bands. I, I think, like the summer set or something okay i've heard i'd have to i have have to look up which which band he was in but yeah he's done a lot and then there's another guy from up there who drives like tour buses with big bands oh cool and then i think he's still in a band Uh, a lot of people just kind of disappeared and i'm sure they're out there in the world doing things but also like facebook wasn't really a thing there to connect to keep everyone connected And like to look people up now, it would be like weird. But I'm sure, like, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of them are out there. And then there was a guy that's in the band that actually, like, I saw for the first time, and I was like, I'll just tell the story. We went out. I was like in ninth grade, and we went outside. It might have been eighth. I don't know. We went outside for activity day, and there was just like this punk band of the only four punks that were in our high school playing like Ice Ice Baby on like, you know, in the back of the school. Okay, and I was like, oh my god, these guys are so cool. Like I've never like seen. You know, I was always like weird and like like the creepy stuff and music, but like that really was like I walked outside and I was like, Oh my god, I need to like be friends with these guys. I need to go to music now, like go to shows, I need to go to music. <laughs> and like that just changed it. So one of the guys that was in that band, he still does a lot of music and he has his own podcast and it's just like kinda cool to see those people that did still do that, um, be out there. Absolutely. Yeah. So as we round up on our hour here. The traffic outside continues to get louder and louder. I don't know if people have heard it. They're starting to tumble rocks. They're doing things. I can hear it. So I can only assume that the microphone can hear it, but maybe not. Maybe we're just hearing it from the window. Maybe. But I'm curious about, you know, as a content creator that is, you know, kind of in the line of fire a lot, you're going out to these things and there's a lot of things that are out of your control. How do you deal with things when things out of your control are presented to you? Um, I usually handle them in person calmly and then I go home and like motherfuck everything. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I don't know. Uh, Yeah. I'll kind of like, I'll vent to like my mom or boyfriend. Um, But like in person, I usually like hold it together or if I get real stressed out, you'll see me like go get like a shot and like chill. But you, I'm, I'm not big on confrontation or anything. So like when things don't go my way, like I had a band, like I said, make the whole thing was a joke and it was just like, I didn't even want to film them after the fact, but you know, I went, can we talk about who the band was? No. Why not? (laughs) Are they still a band? Huh? Yeah. They're like my friends. And like, I definitely interviewed them again just that day. (laughs) Like they're not bad people at all. Okay. I just think they were having too much fun with it. Fair enough. But it really... Okay, so it wasn't that they weren't, like, taking the interview seriously. It's just, like, that connect where, like, sometimes if I have people on my show and we're, like, too good of friends, 
nothing gets done. It's right. just yeah. like people fucking around for an hour, mm-hmm. and then it's like well, there's nothing to listen to. Right? Yeah, I can like there. It happened a couple times, so it's not just one. So, but it they are my friends, and it, I don't want anything negative about either of the bands because they are my friends. It just totally, didn't. totally. And I think because we were friends, they didn't take it. So, because even from like the first question, I was like. I was like, why am I going to continue this? But I'm not going to stand up and be like, you guys, you're joking around. Like, forget it. You know, like, I'm not. So I went through and asked all my questions. And then actually something was wrong with the camera, too. So, like, you know. But I got real, like, mad. And, like, I was sitting at the table, like, just grumbling. And, like, so I, like, had a few drinks and chilled. And then we recorded. So it turned out all right. But I do get very emotional. But I'm not. You don't see it as much. I've kind of learned to tone it back a bit. Yeah, I, I try my best to to keep it in too, but I've definitely wigged out uh, several times, I think, when I shouldn't have, but I'm only human. It happens. We're I don't know. We don't have to be completely professional in this thing. Like we have emotions. Music is about emotions. Someone told me I'm the most proud emo ever. So you know I have the <laughs> I have the emotions in me, but I kind of learned not everyone gets me upset. You know, like I've learned that I'm not going to see some of these people again. Why get so worked up over what they think or say or do? Um, and I mean, it still happens, but I've noticed, especially since I've started this, that it's actually helped me handle those situations better. That's super, super cool. I appreciate you taking the time to chat today. Mm-hmm. Apology. I'm, I'm going to apologize probably for the next three years that I know you. <laughs> that, 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 that things were a little hiccupy. I hope that... Uh, Whenever I watch this and it's done, it's fine. But we'll see what happens. I mean, I think you've been tested. This this thing won't record the audio individually, so I'm relying 100% on the audio from the video to to have worked. (laughs) We'll see. I mean, if not, we can do it again. I mean, I've had issues before. I get it. This is what we do. We can't get mad if technology doesn't work. Well, you can get mad at the technology, but I'm not going to hold it to get you. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) And uh, with that being said... That's the wrong button. <laughs> and that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. 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 Thanks for listening. One more time. Trish Smith, thanks for being here. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Psych. Start the beat 2020. Woo woo. Thanks for listening. <laughs> and we're done. All right. <laughs>